this is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to be. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. I never expected to write a book, but I thought, and I, and, and I think it even today, that were I not to, it would be cowardly in a way. <laughs> oh my gosh, that guy drives me crazy! He's so brave. <laughs> I know! He really searches his soul to do the right thing. For the American people. Yep, that was James Comey. This is Monica Perez. Binkley, my producer, is chiming in. Uh... We have we there were a couple of tweets I wanted to read. There was one um like that I got yesterday about let me see, maybe I can find it. Um it is from Todd who says, Yeah, Comey is such a weasel, it is unbearable to watch or listen to him. Which (laughs) is like the perfect word. He just made and people are like, No, he's one of the good guys. I understand what you're saying. If you listen to this entire show, you will no longer think that. You will think he's a sociopath. (laughs) A weasel. A weasel. That's what he is. He actually is a weasel. I shouldn't say sociopath. Weasel is probably the correct psychological evaluation. I'm not in the habit of psychoanalyzing people it's none of my business what goes on inside their heads but he comey is in the habit of psychoanalyzing people Mm. so he's gonna get it he's gonna get it now um so let's but there give me a different tweet i know we got we have a tweet from dean who says the book is comey's payday yes payoff or payola whatever something like that it's it's the I've thought that for a long time, that that's how things work. I remember the first time I I noticed that Obama had tremendous personal wealth, like in the millions, you know, like maybe double digit millions. And I and I thought he had never been in private enterprise or anything. And of course, you look at the Clintons. I don't even want to go there. But uh, and I I said to my husband, it's like, why would Obama be worth 10 million dollars? It's like, oh, he wrote a book like he wrote a book. I think it's hard to make $10 million writing a book. You know, of course, he's got the best advertising in the world. I'm not going to say that it's it's not possible. But I did wonder if perhaps there was a nine-mile-high mountain of books in the middle of the ocean deposited there by Warren Buffett (laughs) and George Soros. I don't know. And then I noticed that Stacey Abrams has a whole, the uh, gubernatorial candidate, for the Democrats, um, or whatever, nomin- she's going for the nomination for the governorship of Georgia. Uh, that election's coming up. We're going to do, actually, a whole show on that, on the candidates, that election, specifically Stacey Abrams, who I think is going places. So we're going to do that next week on the show, Saturday afternoon from 3 to 5. Uh, but she she has this whole suite of books under a false name, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's... How she's going to get her, you know, she's pretty deep state. Actress. And they're like romance novels, which is kind of the Comey feel. Ugh. Comey makes my skin crawl in that regard. Yes, I know. I bought one of Stacey Abrams' books, and my daughter's like, Mom, you know, because the cover is all romancy. Yeah. Like, I, never mind. <laughs> I'm afraid my daughter's going to read it. So, anyway. Um, it's got subtle communist themes in it. Well, actually, it's about it's called like Hidden Sins, and it's about like a bad preacher. 
So it's got anti. Well, I don't know. I didn't read it yet. It could. It could. There could be redemption in the end. I don't know. It doesn't look redemptive by the picture on the cover, but whatever. So, uh, tell me this. Okay. So, oh, but he said he'd never intended to write a book, and you and I talked about it on a podcast. I think you're going to retweet at some point about how it looked like his entire congressional hearing was an or elements of it were an ad for a book. Ha ha ha. That was what? Didn't you just pull the dates on the at the break of when when it sounded like he was promoting a book? Well, the testimony was on June 8th of last year. And then on June 9th of last year, there's article after article saying that Comey is set for a $10 million book deal, which he then signed a book deal on August 2nd. All right. So when he said, I never expected to write a book, like, what does that mean? It means for five minutes. And when was he fired? Like right before that, right? He was fired in May. Okay. So all of this happened within like 30 days. So when he said, I never, was he asleep during the period at which he never expected? So, okay. So here's, I'm going to cut to the chase. I want, I want to get into, well, what do you think we should do? Should we do the punchline first? No, let's do some of the stuff from the CNN town hall. So Comey's on this book tour, basically, but it's uh, it's got a lot of messages in it that are meant for uh, to to shape the minds in this in this town hall. Anyway, it's of students at William and Mary, and he is going to teach an ethics class at <laughs> William and Mary, which is just amazing to me. And and this and and when he comes onto the stage like the crowd goes wild like he's clearly got like the star thing going on and he's he's trying a big theme of this i think is him trying to set a make people have a certain impression about what makes trump tick so that people will have like their talking points on why trump's a psycho you know instead of ever trying to understand what Trump's doing and why, you know, they can just dismiss him, the ad, the ultimate ad hominem attack. Uh, so, but there are a lot of subtle messages coming through. So let's start with, I'm going to get right to it. Let's start with clip one. This is the very beginning of Comey's CNN town hall with Anderson Cooper. Was it last week? Yeah, we- well, it was earlier this week. Oh, earlier this week. Okay, so let's hear, Rachel, if you would, clip one. This is uh, Zachary Smith. He's getting his master's in chemistry. Zachary, what's your question? Hi, Director Comey. Uh, Do you believe that President Trump possesses the moral and mental capacities needed to effectively lead our armed forces, given his uh, unprecedented uh, loyalty pledge, the general temperament, and the uh, documented outbursts? Well, thank you for that question. Really important question. Ten seconds just to thank the students of William & Mary for coming out and for looking so good tonight. Thank you. Thank you. You're trying to get them on your side right away. No. That's, uh... <laughs> if they're not on my side, I'm, I'm out of luck. Uh, the, the, that's a really important question. And I don't have concerns about President Trump's physical fitness, whether he has dementia. I've read stuff like that. I don't buy it. I've dealt with him. He seems to be a person of above average intelligence. My concern is with his moral fitness. I don't believe he's morally fit to be president of the United States. And I don't, I never thought I'd say that about a president, and I don't say that lightly. And I say it because a person who sees moral equivalence across both sides in Charlottesville, who treats and speaks about women like pieces of meat, and who lies constantly about things big and small, and insists that we believe the lies, that person's not fit to lead, no less to be the leader of the free world, the president of the United States. And so that's what I believe. 
All right, there's a lot there to unpack. First of all, uh, Anderson Cooper suggests that these people got up there and uh, it was like spontaneous questions. Every single one of them is reading these questions and like it's not even crystal clear they've ever read them before, much less wrote them or yeah. searched their souls. That's the purpose of a town hall is to put the person answering questions in a vulnerable place and get authentic responses. Yeah, but in reality, the purpose of the town hall is to make it look like Anderson Cooper isn't asking every single one of these questions yeah, with yeah. some purpose. And, well, so, and then, you know, what the kid says is a bunch of talking points. Like, what kid would say that, like, documented outbursts? Documented outbursts. Like, okay, I, either the kid pulled it from a, you know, an article already, ready, ready you know, it's just... And that's the kind of thing, it's just like uh, Common Core... Or the reading comprehension thing I was telling you about, like when my son was taking a standardized test and he and he said, oh, I'm learning I'm learning so much from the reading comprehension passages or when Common Core takes the content out of something and and just says, you know, Obama was the greatest president, parse that sentence. You know, they give you the content in the question so that you don't question that content. Obviously, this guy knows there's documented outbursts. They're documented. I mean, does that mean something? somebody wrote it down on a piece of paper? Like, what does that mean? Documented. I think it means Comey memos. Do you really think that's what yes. it means? Like, the document is stuff that Comey wrote down yeah. in his car? I that's think funny, so. because in, this, in the interview, Comey refers to, like, his reference is his memos and his book. So he'll be like, you know, as in my book. Like, it's obviously, it's true. It's in my book. <laughs> it's like, but all this stuff could have come out of your head, you know? And then he goes and says... This is the thing about Comey's response that, like, I thought was a little weird. Or I shouldn't say weird. It's It goes to what I called as the theme of 2018 and my first show of the year, this idea like you're either a Democrat or you're evil. You know, it's you either agree with me or you're evil. And that and and if you can't tell the difference between what I'm saying and evil, then you're just hopeless. So when he says there's a moral equivalence, you know, he's immoral because he thinks there's a moral equivalence for what happened in Charlottesville. Charlottesville, what happened in Charlottesville, where there were, um, I can't remember what the protesters were there for to defend statues or something. I can't remember. And then they had a permit. So they were screened by the authorities, whatever. And then the Antifa came. They didn't have a permit. And the cops stood down. Like there was a lot of dialectical stuff going on there, like deliberately combative stuff going on in that story there we really had to think about you know you had the, the facts were important there you can't just take your your first impression and say you knew uh you know that story in my opinion was a bit of a setup but the way comey puts it he is really drawing you know he's underlining what i am noticing all over the place which is there's no argument there's no discussion you either uh, have the morally correct position or you're a psycho. So we're going to get into Comey basically painting Trump as a psycho after the break. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. Maybe it's something really cool that I don't even know about, you know. On News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. This is uh, Emma White. She's a senior studying psychology. Emma. In your book, you describe the qualities of an ethical leader. Do you think that effective leaders have to be ethical leaders? And how would you describe President Trump's style of leadership? I think effective leaders 
to be effective in, in anything near the long term have to be ethical. And what I mean by ethical is make decisions with an eye towards lasting values above the urgency of the quarterly earnings statement or individual feelings of political forces or the news, but look at the long term and care deeply about helping their people reach their potential and find meaning in the work. To me, that's the only way to be effective as a leader, to be an ethical leader. Uh yeah, I want to also, if I if I have a second, that was Comey at this town hall pontificating. Um, and then, you know, what it is to be ethical. And then he goes and and starts slandering this guy. So I hope we have time. Can we real quick play um, clip six? The mark of a great leader, I believe, is a combination of things that seem contradictory. Enough confidence to be humble. That is what an effective leader has. They're comfortable in their own skin, and it allows them to shut up and learn the truth from those around them and to take joy in their people, to love seeing them shine. Insecure people can't do any of that. They can't listen. They can't take joy in the achievements of those around them. And a marker of that balance of confidence and humility is humor, that if you are insecure, you cannot laugh for two reasons. First, you look silly laughing, and so you expose yourself. And engaging in a humorous encounter with somebody else is a risk for an insecure leader because I might have to acknowledge you that you said something funny that I didn't say. And so I saw Presidents Bush and Obama both use humor effectively to relax, to put at ease, to try and get to the truth. I never saw President Trump laugh even in an almost hour and a half long private dinner. So this guy is a psychiatrist. He knows all about leadership. He knows all about ethics. Uh, I'm going to prove to you in the next segment that this guy is totally full of it. And he's there to lie to you. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. This will not stand, you know. This aggression will not stand, man. On News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. I am your libertarian voice on WSB Saturdays from 3 to 6. And we're talking about... Uh, a few things, and that kind of come together. One is that I feel like our not only are our rights and liberties under attack, but our protections, our defenses are under attack, and and many of us never uh, have to experience that. So it's not um, front of mind the way the Second Amendment is. The Sixth Amendment isn't really uh, the right to uh, an impartial jury trial. Like that's not something that every day we wake up thinking. Man, I, I don't want to lose that. So uh, it might not be top of mind for us that that's in the crosshairs. But I believe that those kind of protections, uh, especially due process and the Fifth Amendment, these things are being attacked at the highest levels that the legal architecture of this country, like the head of Homeland Security, Michael Chertoff, suggested is being reworked. And it's not for the better. Trust me, it is not in the service of individual liberty, but in the service, I think, of, uh, of, you know, they throw the word globalist around (laughs) like it's going out of style. But I do believe it's a kind of world corporate, um, uh, you know, power pyramid that, that this all serves, not us. So... Uh, 
And at the same time, as I've been noticing this, James Comey, former FBI director, is on a book tour, and he and he really drills down onto how um, unassailable, how much integrity, how much ethical uh, direction is in the intelligence agencies, the FBI, the military. That that of all things, it is really unbelievably irresponsible of Trump to undermine the institutions themselves and people's confidence in those institutions. Uh, telling the truth is really important. You know, he emphasizes that. And like Martha Stewart did not tell the truth. So we had to prosecute her. Meanwhile, he doesn't point out that they don't actually have to tell the truth to you. So if you're being interrogated, they can lie to you. You're not allowed to lie to them. So I would not say truth is at the foundation of that relationship. It's just, you know, it gets complicated. He's not there for the complicated thinking. He's there to put ideas in your head, right? And and the reason he can do that without getting into the complicated thinking is that he is being positioned, has always been positioned all for a long time since he, he worked for John Ashcroft and fell on his sword for, you know, wireless wiretaps or whatever against them, made a big stink about that. That's where he established his reputation as incredibly... Uh, has incredible integrity, so you don't even care what party he's in, and that's the role he plays. But that—that uh, that isn't who he is. And I'm—I'm I'm digging back into his past to a story that happened a really long time ago. But it's a story that he continues to misrepresent, and that's why I'm holding him accountable to this day. Uh, so before I get into that, I just want to talk to my producer, Binkley, who's got some tweets lined up who, uh, and help me put together what I think is the smoking gun evidence against this guy. Binkley, how are you doing? I'm great. That's awesome to hear. Can I hear a tweet and then get on with the story? Yes, you may. We Thank have a tweet you. from Tim who tweets, what are the odds that Comey and others um, are facing charges? I, I I don't think any. I, I don't think that happens. I think that's a breakdown of rule of law. People talk about rule of law. Comey throws that word out. And what I believe rule of law actually means is that you have rule of law, not rule of rulers. But we don't have that anymore because these guys who rule us are above that law. And somebody called earlier, Cheryl Mills and Hillary were above that law. So is James Comey is above that law. You know, I don't think people when Trump got in, Soros is going to jail. Don't think so. <laughs> I don't think that's happening. So um, now the reason Martha Stewart went to jail, I think, is because she mouthed off to those guys. She was disrespectful to them. And then you go to jail. <laughs> that's for sure. I can't imagine you're attacking Comey's ego anyway and not going to jail. So if he had the power to do that to you. So this is what happened when he and Binkley, I know, you know, the story as well. Um, and it's actually quite hard. You, you really came through this morning finding that podcast uh, or interview. But if I'm getting anything wrong, please interject. But this is how I think the story goes. Uh, when Comey was 17 in high school, he and his brother um, experienced a break in in his house. I'm going to try to make the story as sh- short as I can. Uh, after the break in. He uh, they gave a sketch to the cops like they helped a a sketch artist and it looked just like the Ramsey rapist, someone who'd raped a bunch of people. That's what. So it looks like it was the same guy. They had somebody under suspicion. They brought the guy in uh, after this event and 
they took a photograph of the guy and they went to all 10 witnesses, victims, and showed the photograph of this guy to all those people. And all of them said, that's not the guy, except for James Comey said, this is the guy. And uh, also with the lineup, nobody could pick him out of a lineup because it wasn't the guy. And turns out the guy had a rock solid alibi. So, so this guy, it was such a, an infraction, such a such it was such an egregious attack on justice that this guy was basically railroaded that he he won a settlement of five million dollars uh, from the from the people who I can't hear you, Binkley, um, from the people who uh, got him in trouble. So I could not. I used to have, I, at one time, I had some backstory on this, like stories from the time uh, that this happened. And, and now the, the one place I had a, a, a link to is now that link is dead. So I can't find the original accounting of what, what James Comey did. But, Binkley, it was just amazing that you found this this morning. Audio of an interview, a recent interview with the wife, maybe the widow of this guy. His name is, I think, Bruce Ader. And, uh, and... She's talking to a guy, A.G. Weberman, uh, and I guess he's a writer. Uh, so listen to what she had to say. The, 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 I believe I tweeted this earlier today. It's like a 10-minute interview. It's totally worth listening to at Monica Perez Show. But I'm just going to just – I couldn't get it all in. I don't want to play it all. So I'm just going to play one clip from it. It's uh, uh, clip 22, Rachel, please. Those officials up there get elected. Right. And it was coming up to be election day. Right, so they wanted to... They wanted their name to go, we got them. So they're going to railroad somebody. Mm-hmm. He, and the alibi is, he had an airtight alibi. He was with you in some uh, bus station or something. Yeah. In a public yep. place, you know. Yep. It, it wasn't like, oh, I was home, you nope. know, with my wife, and, you know, you were the only witness that, nope. you know, it was a public place where there were impartial witnesses. Right. Not family members. No, nope, they weren't. They were all people that... I, I was a bus driver. I drove a van for retarded children. Okay. And he used to come up there and wash my van for me so I wouldn't have to do it and wait for me. And then he would just hang around and they would, you know, men, they BS. <laughs> right, And that's right. where he was. So I have to say, it took me back when she said the R word. I have a son with Down syndrome, and the R word is uh, is frowned upon. <laughs> but uh, but in an effort to preserve, uh, you know, uh, uh, verite of time, I don't know. That that's what her story was. So that's the that's the wife of the guy who was falsely accused, and Comey was the only witness who maintained. That he was the guy. And it was the, he, he maintained it based on a picture he was shown just of the guy. In a lineup, he couldn't pick anybody out. Um, one of the girls, the 15-year-old who was raped, didn't even go to the lineup. But everybody else who went to the lineup was not, couldn't pick any, nobody could pick anybody out of the lineup. And, um, and nobody, nobody accused this guy when they saw the picture except for Comey, okay? So, long time ago, let's forgive him, right? I'm sure he's sorry. I'm sure he's sorry. And after this guy won five million bucks, I'm sure he feels like a dope, right? What kind of law enforcement officer wouldn't feel like a dope, you know, in retrospect at making that kind of a mistake? You think you'd say, 
you know, the importance of not bearing false witness because that's his whole thing is truth, right? Right. So let's see what he had to say about this on the Anderson Cooper show uh, this week. It's uh, Rachel, please. Let's hear clip 21. Did they ever catch this person? No. A guy was arrested. The attacks, which had happened for almost a year on a regular basis, stopped that night. And they arrested someone and never made the case against him. Uh, but it stopped that night. And, and there was a girl in my high school who had been tied to a tree and sexually assaulted. And we never spoke. I would pass her in the hallway. I'd seen her at the lineup. And we just sort of nodded at each other and communicated with our eyes for the rest of my high, that last year of my high school. But others were spared that pain, maybe because that was the guy and he quit, or maybe because whoever was the serial attacker decided that that was the time to stop it. I don't know, but it ended that night. Uh, is anybody else just outraged by that? I, I don't peddle outrage. I am. That's, yeah, it's, just, it's just sick. First of all, do you really get to see rape victims uh, with the lineup? Like he went to co- to high school and, and the, they, the cops are just like, hey, this is the girl that got raped, 17-year-old boy. You know, don't tell anybody when you pass her in the hallway. I find that hard to believe. But that's not what outrages me. What outrages me is that he said he's he's still implying that he was a hero. I came I forward. I ind- identified this guy. The rape stopped. You know, he got off. But he's a rock solid alibi. And this is the moral authority of America right now, according right. to the news. Right. This is a guy. Oh, let's play it. Oh, my gosh. Do we have the. Did I have you. uh yeah, can we hear clip five? One other thing I'll say, to bring truth to the center of your enterprise, whether it's a nonprofit or a company or the government, to have truth at the center of it, the truth about yourself and about the, the, tr- the troubles that you're dealing with, it's the only way to be effective in the, long, in the long run. I don't believe that about President Trump. And the reason I say that is ethical leaders have external reference points. When they're making hard decisions, they draw on philosophy or religious tradition or logic or history, they draw on a set of norms and values that help them lift their eyes and figure out what the right decision is. As best I can tell, President Trump doesn't have any external reference points. And it's a hard thing to say, but I believe it. His only reference point is internal. What will bring me what I need? What will fill this hole in me, get me the affirmation I crave? And that's deeply concerning. Because the only way you make hard decisions is by looking to the external reference points. You can't ignore the internal, of course, but your first move and your primary move is always to those external points of reference to help you make a good decision. So that's why I say that. So I, I believe, am I not, am I mistaken, Binkley? Isn't he distri- describing a sociopath? Like I think so. No, someone without a conscience? Yeah. Which I have to say, given that he is lying to this day, about a guy that he single-handedly railroaded, you know? Well, there was a tracker involved who tra- supposedly tracked the guy's footprints, but he didn't identify his face from a picture. That was Comey, and Comey alone. And, um, and I would totally forgive him for it, but he's doubling down on it now, after the guy won $5 million bucks, and, um, and he's saying that truth has to be the center of your life. That you have to be honest, truthful about yourself. I mean, you you got to wonder what it's just, it's truly outrageous. I'm going to get to some calls after this. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Let me know if this uh, if you feel like this is quite damning on this guy or if you think uh, if you think there's some other explanation. You can also tweet at me at Monica Perez show. 
75 degrees outside the studio. Skies are still sunny. This is Monica Perez. I'm going to go to Janice in Atlanta. You are on with Monica. Hi, Monica. Um, first of all, I totally agree with you about I'm really tired of hearing James Comey um, on any airway, you know, the TV, radio, whatever. I do think he's a liar. But I'm wondering, you know, what are his accomplishments as the FBI director? Has anybody ever brought that out? Does he have any? And maybe this book deal is going to try to overshadow his non-accomplishments as the director. I mean, I've never I don't know. Well, he has some weird backstory. I mean, one of the one of the uh, cases he worked on was Vince Foster. So, (laughs) you know, I don't know. Uh, everything I have ever dug into on Vince Foster says that there was some hanky panky with the investigation. I don't, you don't have to say that yeah. he was murdered by the Clintons, but they, that, there was something weird about the investigation and he was on the investigation. Um, he also was instrumental in really trying to railroad a guy, a doctor, for... Remember the anthrax scare that happened right after 9-11? Yes. Do you remember that? And then Bush was like, oh, it's definitely Iraqi because it has that signature. Well, Mm -hmm. it actually had a U.S. signature. It did not have an Iraqi signature, but that just, you know, people forgot Uh, about that. Yeah. But Comey, after that became clear, they they tried to railroad some guy, you know, and and the guy got away with it, got off, you know, and it was Mueller. It was Comey and Mueller. Sure. And uh, and then I started to wonder, well, why would they do that? You know, they they eventually pinned it on somebody. But why would they, you know, you look at these cases that could be inside jobs, you know, and he pops up. <laughs> well, I truly believe that everything that this, you know, like he and that uh, James Strzok and his girlfriend, um, there's just something there that they're made as a major cover up. And what have they done and why are they still employed by the government? Well, that that's a whole there. I can never get into the details of these stories. I feel like you don't know what they're really all about until you see the impact they have. And I assume that was the purpose of the agenda in the first place. But we're going to get more into what the agenda is here right after the break. You can call 800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.